So I got the captain's hat on. I'm ready to go. This is going to be a special episode, and we're not going on a podcast boat ride, but close. close Nick, as we you can can't get. nod at the microphone, Nick. No one. I'm nodding. At you. I'm, <laughs> I'm, give, I'm sending affirmation your way as you speak. Yes. So Captain Matt is here at the helm, and we have got um, Chris Shepler, president of Shepler's Mackinac Island Ferry. He's going to be our guest. He's showing how how a real captain, how a real captain does it. Mm-hmm. Finally. So and Carly, maybe by the end you'll 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 be inspired to to make a, a trip to Mackinac Island and, yes. and see. I'm sure I will be. Okay, there we go. Chris Scheffler is our guest, and this is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Yep, I got it all. We got. It. So your, what do you want to do now? Was why don't we do this at the beginning of the Kurt episode? Okay. We'll put get Kurt put Kurt to bed. Nighty night, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> There's the intro. <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. That was incredibly creepy. <laughs> Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his, it's, on his it's desk. Always right here. Here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like one to ten. I mean, it's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, there's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> So welcome back. This is Matt Resch of the Resch Strategies team, and this is the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. We are a public affairs and a public relations firm in downtown Lansing, Michigan. All of these episodes of our little, little podcast here are at RushStrategies.com. You can listen to them on Spotify, iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts, all those places. Listen, rate, uh, review. Uh, they're, they're only getting better. This is episode 99. 99. Milestones. That's amazing. Milestones approaching. Wow. Milestones yes. approaching. Yeah. It's like, I, who, who would have thought? You, I wouldn't. I, I would have never thought. And you came in like three quarters of the way through. Yeah. You've barely been here. I thought I we'd we would have fizzled by now. <laughs> Supposed to have the keys to the city by 100. How are we coming on that? If you talk well, to we got Andy a couple weeks. Then. Come on, Andy. Let's get some keys. <laughs> anyway, so this is Matt. We're going to go around the room. We're missing Nikki and Anna. They're going to join us here in a bit for our conversation with, with Chris. But we also have... Nick DeLewis here. Carly Buell. Joe Bashy. Oh, Laura. Well, Laura's missing, too. Laura will come back. Laura's coming to talk to Chris. I don't know how I could have missed her over there in the corner behind Joe. <laughs> anyway, so has anyone ever done this? I Last week, I went out to lunch. I've done that. You've done that? Okay. Yeah. Never. Okay, Chris Shepler. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I went out to lunch with our good friend uh, Karen Steffel from Render Studios. And okay. We went over to Soup Spoon on Michigan Avenue. Busy, busy Michigan Avenue. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I think I was finishing up a phone call when I got out of the car. I go in. We're in there for maybe an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes. I come back out, and we're talking on the sidewalk. And I look down the street, and the headlights in my car are on. Ew. Uh-oh. And I'm like, oh. But my car, it's not like you can leave the headlights on. So They're I, automatic. Right. So I, hey, Had you left your car running the entire time? I walked closer and I heard a car running. Oh, oh my goodness. My gosh. And I had left my car running on Michigan I've Avenue for an hour and 20 minutes. Is your car the one where the that. key, you actually have a key? Yes. Or is it a push to start? It's a push to start. 
But you left the key in there. No, or you I had, had the, keys the key in my with pocket. you. It didn't go nuts when you walked. I'm away surprised with the key. it didn't like. It, it was probably going nuts inside. Yeah. the entire time. So I, could anyone just could have come up no, and driven away? I was smart. I locked the door. Oh, <laughs> like, you were smart. <laughs> I, I got back. I'm like, well, thank goodness I locked the door. What what would have thank happened if you had and anything. someone got in and drove away? Would it have gotten I, a certain distance from your key and then shut down? It wouldn't have gone anywhere because the key has to be in the car. Okay. So yeah. te- technically, someone could have gotten in and, and sat in the air conditioning and listened to the radio. <laughs> but yeah, because I probably feel like mine driven. always freaks out anytime my key is like. Yeah. No, I always get really mad at, at my wife when she jumps out like to run into the grocery store and leaves us in the in the car quick and the keys are in her purse. Yeah. And then the car goes bing, 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 bing. And yeah. I run after her. I prefer <laughs> having, having the key, key that is a key. I, for all those reasons. It's just like Well, your doors don't even lock, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's driving a junk <laughs> box. I have a key that But he likes to ignition. complain about my nice car that has the box. I don't, I don't, you just you you and Carly have to like jump in the windows of the doors to <laughs> like like No, because the windows <laughs> don't roll down. They roll down. We rarely 50, 50 take chains my car. if they like roll down. Luke and Bo Duke jumping. He's like first driving car. around in a four-wheeler. It's so bumpy. My first car was an 84 Chevy Celebrity and it had a hitch in the ignition that made it really hard sometimes to stick the key in and turn it, but it had a trick. You could pull the key out while the ignition was turned while it was running. So I had to keep my ignition half on at all times, even when I parked the car. So anyone literally could have gotten in my car and just turned it on and driven away. <laughs> but the insurance claim would have been better than the car. So <laughs> sort of You're invited like, it. Nah, I'll, yeah. I'll, let it. I'll let it slide. Well, I wonder if our guest today has ever left the boat, his boat running on the unattended. I'm, I'm guessing oh, not. Probably he, get your, he's not going to admit it. You probably get your captain's hat taken away for that. Um, yeah. Anyway, so Shepler's, Mackinac, Shepler's Ferry at Mackinac Island. Everybody knows this place. Everyone knows these boats. And there are billboards everyone. If you've been to Mackinac Island, you know and probably have been on a Shepler's boat. Um, it is an iconic Michigan family-owned business, 70-plus years. Actually, this is the 78th season. But they will be ferrying people um, through the, across the straits and over to Mackinac Island. And Chris, I think, third generation. I think it was his grandfather who started Shepler's uh, in the early 40s. And uh, he is... Busy time for them. They're getting ready for the summer season, but he took out a few minutes of his day to join us on the Cobalt Mill Podcast. So everyone put on your, your captain's hats. It's Chris Shepler. Chris Shepler, president of Shepler's Mackinac Island Ferry Service. Chris, thanks so much. Or sorry, Captain Shepler, thank you so much <laughs> for being with us on the Cobalt Mill Podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. And I, I, I might add, I think our crew calls me Captain Crunch. So Captain <laughs> Shuffler is, uh, is a little bit of an upgrade there. So I appreciate it. You bet. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. It's a thrill to talk to you uh, as a as a company that is so iconic um, and a name and a, and a brand that's so iconic to Michigan, especially as we're heading into the summertime. Um, so this has been this is this is great. Um, let's for people who, who may not know, I think everybody knows, um, maybe except for Nikki here in our in our midst. Excuse uh, me. <laughs> what Shefflers is? How did how did Shefflers? I mean, you've been a, a family business. You're going into your seventy eighth season. Is that right for for ferrying people back and forth? What is what's the story? How yeah. did it get started? Yeah, that is correct. We're in our seventy eighth, and and um, uh, the the business actually was started by my grandfather uh, back in nineteen forty five with this six passenger speedboat and even prior to that we had a hot dog stand over um you know by our where our competitor was and we sold hot dogs before 1945 <clears throat> and then my grandfather saw the need to uh, provide a fast way to get to Mackinac Island more of a chartered service if you will versus 
the nine to five that was being offered at the time. So uh, he built a six passenger speedboat along with my father and, uh, and, and then built another six passenger speedboat uh, when my dad got his pilot's license. And that's how we started. And if we fast forward on to uh, 1969 was the uh, was a, a, a an event that happened where we uh, took uh, delivery of our first aluminum hulled high speed um, vessel that uh, actually had a cabin and had a top deck and hauled 120 passengers and back in 1969 that was that was big time and um, and then we grew from there we've we've uh, built and um, and commissioned uh, seven ferry boats uh, as of now. We just built two here in the last four years, so or five years, I should say. So yeah, it's been quite a growth, spirit, a growth period for us here in the last uh, six, seven years. And there was also a very big growth period back in the, in the, in the 70s as well. So this, you obviously weren't there in, the, in 1945, but this is kind of a a, a chicken and the egg question was did the ferry services really make Mackinac Island the tourist destination that it that it is now or what how many people were they ferrying over there on a given day when you, you just had those two six seaters yeah we we were you know whether it was 20 30 40 passengers i think that was probably about max um but we did it uh more of a charter service so where we shined is when our competitor arnold transit shut down we kind of woke up, if you will, in the, in the daytime. So after they shut down, you know, the the, the folks from uh, Detroit, Chicago that were coming up here and couldn't make their last boat would uh, would jump on with us. And, and that's kind of how we made made our, our way through, um, you know, becoming a viable ferry boat company, which obviously we are now. And and uh, so, yeah, it was very small. Um, it was... <laughs> It was, I remember living on the end of the dock in the office that I'm sitting in now, just uh, to the east here, out towards the end of that pier. Um, that's where I grew up as a child. My mom and dad um, had a, uh, a rusted out blue and white trailer back there that I, that I grew up in. And remember, um, you know, this was my playground as a child growing up. I, I was, never went to camp or anything like that. And we didn't take summer vacations because my dad was so busy that this became my summer vacation spot right here on the dock, swimming, biking, eating ice cream cones, fishing, all of that good stuff. You ever take that first big aluminum barge and just go tooling out on the water? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're the popular kid in Mackinac City. Like, <laughs> who wants to go out on the big lake? <laughs> I don't do that too much nowadays, but. But uh, yeah, growing up, we did, um, you know, just take it and, and go for a little, uh, little cruise, watch the sunset or, or, or whatever. But yeah, I, I have done that. Did, did, you don't, I, you know, we don't need to get too deep into deep, dark family secrets. Did you ever wear the captain's hat? You know, I, I had a captain's hat many, many years ago, back when all of our captains that, that worked for us wore captain's hats. And that was about the time that I just got my license and uh, I was 19 when I received my, my captain's license. And uh, I think it was back in 1981 is when I, I got mine and, and all of our captains at the time had captain's hats and they all wore them. So I bought one and I wore it and 
I'm not even sure where that captain's hat is anymore. And, and I, and I think the reason is, is, is our, our captains kind of have morphed into um, really part of the crew on the boat. They're responsible for loading the boat, um, whether it's with passengers or with luggage and making sure the luggage gets put in the proper spot. Um, if there's any kind of sea or wind conditions that we have, or we're taking on spray to make sure the luggage stays dry. Um, they're actually pushing the carts on the boat and they're, they're directing where back then we weren't quite as busy. So they were just that they were the, um, epitome of a captain. They would drive the boat to and from and, and, um, and, and help where needed, but it was more of a position of, uh, he's just there to drive the boat. And that has changed over the years. You're telling me that I wore this captain's hat for this podcast for for no I'm out of I'm out of date. With, oh no! Of, oh still, no! No! Okay, no. I'm still I'm no, still no, cool no. with that. Okay. No, no, you're you're right where you need to be. <laughs> no, no worries there. <laughs> and, when, and when we take our next team field trip, you can help load the luggage. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yes. What does it take to get a light the license to to captain one of your boats? Yeah, we're uh we're all hundred ton. So a uh, hundred ton. Now that's not the weight of the boat. It's more of a formula. And um, that formula has a lot of different calculations in it based on bulkheads and, and engine room size and uh, freeboard. And man, I could go on and on and on and I won't do that to bore you. But, but so it's, it's a hundred ton license and uh, I have my hundred ton masters, which allows me to drive anything hundred gross ton and under. Uh, anywhere uh, in the inland waters of the United States. So uh, to get that, um, I studied, and I have a, a really funny story for you. We were, uh, I, I lost my license, I don't know, probably 15 years ago, where I let it lapse, and I didn't realize I had let it lapse. So, you know, here I am <laughs> in my mid-40s, pushing 50, and and I've got to go study to get my license again because I let it lapse. And I thought we could, you know, work with the Coast Guard and okay, yeah, no problem. You still have it. But it was quite the opposite. They said you had to take your license over again. And there was, it was pretty black and white there. You had to start, so you, spent, did you have to start uh, over or was it? I had to start over, man. And, and being 50 and trying to learn all of this stuff again was, was hard. Plus my last name. God, if I walked out of that and failed <laughs> my pilot's license, <laughs> what, 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 what would my legacy be? Right. Yeah. He's the guy that couldn't pass his captain's license, but yet he's been driving. So I, uh, I took a class. I, I ended up passing and getting my license. So there was, there was no, no problem there, but, uh, you have to have 365 days underneath a licensed captain uh, as crew. So um, we'll, we'll have people that come to us, uh, young kids that are maybe still in high school, and they accumulate those 365 days, maybe over two or three summers for us. And uh, then from there, you have to have three letters of recommendation from captains that state, yeah, you know how to drive. You've been training with me and I feel that you have the, the tools and the skills to be a captain. And then from there, uh, basically you, you take the exam and you can either self-study or you can take a class. The first time I took mine back when I was 19, I self-studied with my grandfather who was a, 
he, he had his master's license. He could drive anything, anywhere, any place, anytime. So he was, uh, you know, on the freighters and, and, um, you know, he, he did a lot of different things, uh, on the water because of that license. So I studied underneath him and took the exam and passed it this past time. Like I was saying, 15 years ago, I, I actually took a class, uh, with Brian Smith, Captain Smith. And uh, I spent 10 days with him down in Traverse City uh, with a group of people that all were studying to get their license. And that really uh, kind of simplified the, the, the testing for me, being this old guy trying to get his license again and, uh, and, and, and then ended up passing it. So there's a couple of ways to do it. And I would suggest going through the class because that makes it so much. They give you the tools to really... Um, be able to understand what you're studying. What was it? What was it like for those kids? Like the class that you were in 15 years ago, what was it like for the kids in that class? Um, Cause I'm assuming they were all probably younger than you to have yeah. <laughs> Captain Scheffler in their yeah. class with them. That must've been a while. I thing. think if I was, yeah, I think if I was in Cincinnati, Ohio, it wouldn't have been any kind of a deal, but because I was in Northern Michigan, Traverse city specifically that, you know, the name, um, people do know the name because of our billboards and, you know, Mackinac Island is such an iconic, uh, uh, summer resort that, uh, that they kind of go hand in hand. So I, I, you know, we, we had study halls together and, and, um, I think I worked the hardest only because I was deathly afraid of failing most to lose. And then, yeah. Ha- yeah. Having to face, you know, face the crew back here at Shuffler's. So, did, did would, you wind uh, up hiring any of them? Deadly focus. Uh, no, we didn't. No, yeah. no, but they didn't apply either. So <laughs> well, that works. it sounds like Matt is underqualified <laughs> to do what? <laughs> the guest captain. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm underqualified. Oh, no, we can bring him up to speed. <laughs> so I'm curious, what is, who's the most uh, famous person that Shepler's has ever ferried to the island? Well, I, I'm a sports guy, so I, I, I kind of tend to lean towards the athletes and or coaches that have been with us. We had um, Don Shula on board uh, as well as, God, I can't remember. He was the old uh, athletic director from Nebraska back when they were winning national championships um, with their football team. Um, God, I can't remember his name, Is but those Tom two Osborne? guys were on board. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Nikki, I, Nikki was going to jump in have... and answer that question before I before I could. But I, <laughs> yeah, of course. Sorry. So much sports <laughs> trivia up Love in it. your head. Yeah. Love it. it. And we've had Newt Gingrich, and we've had John Boehner. We've had um, boy, just a, a a plethora of of politicians, legislators, as and. We've had actors, uh, obviously Christopher Reeves, back when they made the oh, right. movie. Mm-hmm. Jane Seymour have been on board. Um, so we've, you know, we've had a lot of them over the years come to them from Jim Nance, the 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 famous CBS Hello, uh, sports Nance. announcer. He he's been on board a couple of times. So uh, yeah, we 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 get them from all angles. Sometimes we know when they're coming, and sometimes we don't. They just showed up. Uh, uh, Shane Battier was on board. He was, he, it was funny because when he came off the boat, he had a wig on, he had <laughs> fake teeth and sunglasses. And, and it was, it was hilarious. Everyone knew who he was. 
He had just graduated from Duke and he was going into the into the NBA and he walked off the boat with all this funny stuff that he bought at some trinket shop on the island. And uh, he was he was a great guy and and fun to talk to. And and he was as playful as, you know, as, as a child when he came off the boat. It was pretty cool. Has anybody asked for any like special celebrity treatment? Like, you know, I, I'll, I'll ride. I need to ride over there. But. You know, everyone who's been on these boats, there's not, there's not like a private, it's all just a big, big room where people are sitting. Have they ever said, you know, I need, I need some private space. I need to keep the people away from me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and we, we'll do that. If we have uh, our equipment out and about and we have captains to, to take in, and these are generally prearranged uh, cruises, if you will. So we've, we've done that for, um, for several people that want just themselves on board where, where we will, we'll take them out. And that's generally a prearranged situation, a very expensive prearranged uh, situation. <laughs> yeah. I guess very expensive is all relative too, but um, yeah, to have your own boat, these, the, the boats aren't cheap when you start turning the key on and, and putting, you know, five crew members on board uh, as well as the fuel and the, all, all of that stuff. So is there a minimum is, number of crew uh, that boats this size have to have? Oh yeah. And, yeah. and they're different from the different types of boats that we have uh, running. Uh, we have K boats and, and T boats and, and they're all different classifications. And our biggest boats that we have, which is the Miss Margie, the William Richard, which are two new ones, the Captain Shuffler and the Wyandotte. Those are our four biggest boats and hold over 200 passengers, each one of them, with the largest holding almost 300 at 285. Those need five crew. So you have a captain, a senior qualified deckhand who's, who, who can dock the boat and put the boat to the dock if something happens to the captain. Um, and then you have three crew members underneath them to collect tickets, make sure the boat remains clean, boarding and unboarding, um, exiting off the vessel, making sure everyone is, uh, is not running and keeping calm. And, um, so there's a plethora of jobs that they all have to do. Um, but yeah, so, and then if we get to the smaller boats, um, it can become three or even two, uh, crew, and I'm sorry, not two, but three, meaning a captain and two crew, uh, on board those vessel vessels. And it's, it all relates to the the size of the vessel and the number of, of possible passengers that you'll have on board. So are you actually um, captaining these ships day to day during the season or is that work you delegate to other people? Are you busy like running a business or are you actually a captain on these boats? You know, that's a really good question because I always have them and, and a, a captain on the boats where what's unique about our business is that our, my, you know, my dad's a captain, I'm a captain, my little brother's a captain. So, and we're really not on the schedule per se, but let's say we have, let's say right now today, you know, we have a boat leaving every, every hour. Uh, and on the weekends, it's every half hour, but we're leaving every hour. Let's say the boat that just left here at 1130 left 50 passengers. We don't have a captain just standing around, you know, possibly he'll get his assignment or possibly not. But if we do leave that many people, the doc will call up to the office. And depending on what my brother's doing or what I'm doing, we'll go out and drive it and throw a makeshift crew on board. And when I say makeshift, 
they're all trained and everything, but it's guys that are and girls that are on the dock. We'll, we'll grab three or four of them, put them on board, load the boat and go. And that could be one or two times uh, a, a day or okay. a week. And that gets more and more busy as we get closer to July and, and August. But uh, last summer, because of the labor shortage, we were down um, roughly 60 cast members last year than we were in 2019. And that really wreaked havoc on us because we were doing so much and we had a record year last year with, with, uh, with the crew that we had, our crew was such an amazing group of, of young adults, young professionals that put their head down and got us to the finish line. My point in saying that is that I was on a boat every day. I worked three months, um, without a day off. And I only say that not for sympathy or, or, or any of that, but just to give you an idea of what it was like last year when we were so busy, I was driving a boat from 8.30 in, in the morning until usually two when it slowed down. And then there was either a break and then I got back on it at four to bring them back. Or if it wasn't that busy, then I would step off the boat and do my work in the office. So yes, I drove a lot last year, probably more than I have since the, you know, the mid eighties. And, uh, um, but I enjoyed it and, and I love getting out on the water, but, um, that was a bit much last year for sure. I'm curious what your, what's the outlook for you this summer? Because the labor shortage isn't gone entirely and you've got $4 and 35 cent gas. What's, what's as, as the business owner of this, I mean, that's a, that's an expensive 25 minute trip back and forth. I, I'm guessing with gas prices, what they are. Yeah, that's, that's a, a really good point. And, and yeah, that's something we don't take lightly um, because we do have competition and we do have to make sure that, that our price point is where it should be in comparison with our competitor and what's going on in the market. Um, inflation is, is, is huge right now. I will tell you that last year, um, a 15 year old, if they wanted to work for us would make $15 an hour. Um, that same, that same person is making $20 an hour for us this year. Hmm. And that was the only way that we could get people in the door to even interview, um, Hmm. is to go that high with, with the per hour wage. Because of that, we had to take our, our prices, our, our ticket prices, up $3. And that's been the biggest hike that we've ever had in the history of our company. You know, we've gone $1, maybe $2 uh, a, a ticket, but um, we, we went 3 because of all of what you just said, fuel, uh, the price of getting uh, someone to, to help guests on the dock. All of that is uh, is just is increased in such a rapid rate that that it is a big puzzle. It is a scary puzzle. It's not something we take lightly. We 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 worked on this all winter long, and um, it's you know you're like a football coach, an NFL football coach. You work, you work, you work. You get your team, and you you practice your schemes, and you got your culture, and you go to move forward. And then the the kickoff of the first game happens, and it's like well, God, I hope we did the right thing. I hope we made the right decisions with either personnel or, 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 or schemes or whatever. And you let, let it go. 
and that's where we are right now. We, we hope we've, we've put a price point out there that's attractive. Um, and, and, and we, we are fully staffed for the first time in three years, which, which is amazing. We're very excited about that. But now that we're fully staffed, um, God, I hope the people come. And all mm-hmm. indications here early in the spring is that we will we'll have another busy year. Good. How many employees is fully staffed? Uh, about 195. Wow. wow. Can I ask now, you about a specific one? We don't have 195 here. <laughs> 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 yes, you may. <laughs> I think you might know um, one of my best friend's dad, uh, who I think is just, he's he's a retired guy who is just a a baggage guy on the do- on the dock, John Malatinsky. Yeah, I'm looking at him right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm in my office, which overlooks the dock, and he's yep he's he's the guy that if it's if it's mid October or mid when we're running and he's started work, he doesn't wear pants. It's always shorts, wow. so it could be thirty, <laughs> it could be twenty five degrees out there. And he's got shorts on. He's got hats and gloves and jackets and everything else on, but he's always wearing shorts from the time we start our season until we end our season. He's the only guy that that is consistent with wearing shorts from day one to the end of the season. That's hilarious. <laughs> it sounds like Nick. Yeah. <laughs> like bizarro Nick. <laughs> so random question. How many people have fallen overboard? Do you, does that happen no. often? Does it, has it never happened? Does it happen? every once in a while it's it's we had one instance back in the 70s and i'm not even sure what time we had a very inebriated uh, gentleman come off the island and we were wondering if we should even let him on board but we did and we came in and we slowed down into the mackinac city harbor and he jumped <laughs> off the oh my gosh. and swam to shore and of course our captain called the dock the dock called the police the police came down police station is right next door to our dock here in Mackinac City and the guy had to walk down the dock soaking wet and into the police's arms and he was put into custody arrested and and uh you know I can't remember what happened I was I was pretty young back then but I remember that happening and that has the only time uh in our 78 year history that someone has uh Wow, that was more of a voluntary yeah. jump yeah, in the wow. lake versus an, an accident. Yeah, we I don't know why I'm surprised that it's that. illegal to jump off a boat. But... I know. I was going to ask, is it really illegal to jump off a boat? But I guess it makes sense. Well, it is because of the danger aspect. I mean, right. depending on if the boat's turning or not, um, you know, you get caught underneath the boat, sucked on up underneath the boat into the propellers, which is That'd obviously a, a... That would be unfortunate. No. It'd be a bad day. Bad yeah. way to go. So, yeah, the, there is there is uh, some rules against that. Okay. So, go, uh, go ahead. Nick. Is you that the one of the craziest things that's happened? Or do you have, you know, some stories of memorable moments? throughout the years well we you know yeah that was quite the that was quite the day we don't get people jumping off our boat all the time but uh um i you know i i think a lot of it has to do with weather related uh Mm -hmm. instances and and um you know making decisions Uh, our captains we allow them to they're the they're the captain of their boat they if they're on mackinac island and we got a squall moving through or 
you know, a, a heightened wind where you could get 80, 90 miles an hour uh, at a certain time for 10, 15 minutes, maybe half an hour. And our captains, you know, keep a really strong tab. Like today, it's gorgeous. No, we're not watching the weather because it's, you know, it's, it's beautiful out. But those days that, you know, get nasty and clear up and get nasty again, along with the current, the currents that we get here in the Straits of Mackinac, um, you know, those crazy days are, 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 uh, are often in the spring and in the fall. And it's more about how, you know, where, where you, what direction you go to Mackinac Island, uh, to give it the smoothest ride and the, the best chance of, of, a comfort ride to Mackinac Island and that could take, you know, 20, 25 minutes. So, you know, that, that we've, you know, we're, we're not doing anything crazy here. Um, and we will shut the boat down if, if, if we deem necessary, I think that coupled with, if we get East wind, um, the Mackinac Island Harbor is, is open to the East and, you know, we could get six to eight foot seas inside the Harbor. And when you're trying to unload the boat and that boat's going, you know, it's got a throw of six feet up and six feet down and it continues to, to bob like that. Um, we generally will shut down due to that type of condition versus the condition out on the lake. It's the safety factor of loading and unloading becomes too daunting where we're, we're not going to push that envelope. So, um, yeah, Mackinac Island has its challenges when it blows from the east, for sure. You mentioned earlier your competition, and I've been dying to ask um, this entire podcast. Oh, do, do, what's it like? Do you get along with the guys from the other from the other team? Do you guys hang out? Do you, are, are you are you friendly? Or do the crews get into bar fights at night? I mean, is this, you know, <laughs> is there no story here or, or, or could, could short stories be, could, could novels be written about, about the, the competition? I think right now in, in the era that we're in right now, where safety is first, um, we work very well with those guys out on the water. We, uh, our captains uh, communicate well. Um, I think each company does its, its best to make sure that, that if they've got something going on, that they communicate that, or they've got to cut across the bow or they're going over here or whatever that's done, uh, very well via radio. Um, but it is competition. And do we want everyone that's standing on their dock to be down here on our dock? Absolutely. So I, I well, I, I, I know that, um, we do not jeopardize safety out on the water, there is still a, a competition factor that um, maybe gets a little heightened when it's uh, in the office, when we're putting that scheme or that plan together for the summer. Um, and we're, we're putting budgetary numbers towards print and, and, and billboards and, uh, and radio and TV that I think it becomes more competitive when we are putting that puzzle together than it is um, you know, us against them out on the water. Um, do I know, uh, Mr. Fetty, who is the CEO of, of Starline? Absolutely. Do we have amicable conversations? Absolutely. Do we want all those people on his dock down here in our dock? Absolutely. So, um, while I think our captains are, are strictly in it for the safety factor and we'll do whatever they got to do to make sure that, that things remain safe on the water, 
I here in the office become a little bit more competitive when we're talking about marketing or systems in place that we feel are better than the systems that they have in place. So I don't know if that answered your question. And if Mr. Fetty wound up operating a a hot dog stand outside of your dock by the end of the season, that'd be okay. Uh, Well, now you're stepping into an arena that is, uh, no, we would, we would, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I would like that. (laughs) You might've just kind of partially answered this question, but what do your winners look like? Is that just planning for the season ahead or is it kind of just a vacation or what are you busy with in the winter? Yeah, many people think it is a vacation. Everyone thinks that I head to Florida and and I don't come back until 1st of April and I leave the mid-November, but that couldn't be further from the truth. We we also, um, we have a marine service company uh, underneath our umbrella that uh, we we take out about 200 uh, private boats every year. We have uh, 12 buildings across the, the community here in Mackinac City that we store those boats in. Some are heated, some are cold storage, some are outdoor storage, um, but we haul boats and fix boats. We have a ship's carpenter, we got uh, elect, uh, electricians, we've got uh, uh, welders, we have um, riggers, we have mechanics. So so we do work on private boats during the wintertime. We have a big old paint room that you know has all the fans and blowers and lights that uh, that uh, allow us to work on our boats, but it also allows us to work on private boats. And um, so we got a we got a crew of about thirty in that marine service division that works year round. Um, they're more nine to five or seven to three, depending on what time of the year. And and they're strictly working on boats. They're that's that's what they do now. We have boats that need work done in the wintertime too, meaning our ferry boats. Uh, each one gathers a list throughout the summer by the captains and the crew that work on it, whether it's a loose seat or a, a, a belt that's running a fan that needs to be replaced or, or maybe the, the number four cylinder is misfiring and, and it's a complete rebuild. Whatever that is, that list gets accumulated throughout the summer. And then towards the end of the season, end of October, we sit down with our Marine Service uh, General Manager, Jason Willis, and my brother and, and, and Jeff Hoeksema, who's our fleet captain, Billy's the Vice President of Vessel Operations. They all sit down and put together a schedule for our ferry boats. And then the, the Operations Manager in the Marine Service Division has his schedule of private boats. So they meld those two, figure out what they can and what they cannot do and get it done in a timely manner and things get prioritized and and we're either moving boats into the paint room so we can work in a climate controlled environment or <clears throat> we'll force air or hot air down into the engine room so the mechanics can work on the engines while it's five below whatever that case might be then we have our offices in St. Ignace and Mackinac City, the ferry boat offices. And Mackinac City will carry two cast members. We have an office manager and our director of operations up there that work year-round. And then we have roughly 10 people in the Mackinac City office, from accountants to marketing to group sales. All of those are, are working are working year-round. And then we, uh, we, we, we have that same list of 
that, that puts together in the Mackinac City Dock, the St. Ignace Dock, and the Mackinac Island Dock. And we put a budget to everything and we find out what we can handle and what we can't, both from a monetary perspective as well as a time perspective, um, space perspective, perhaps. And then we do all that and the things that are going to change. Um, what do we want to change? Um, some of the things that we've changed in the past, we used to have a coffee bar underneath our Mackinac City ticket office area. And that was something that did not make any money, but it provided a service for those that were waiting for the boat to get on, have a cup of coffee or a sandwich or a bowl of soup or whatever while they're waiting. We closed that down during COVID and, and found that uh, because of the hiring shortage and, the, and there wasn't as many cast members as there was out there before, that we found it hard to, to employ that area. So we, we took it out. We took everything out and put benches in for people to be able to sit. And I'm not sure we'll ever go back to that coffee bar. So, um, you know, we're constantly tweaking the mousetrap, uh, trying to figure out what's best for our guests, what's best for our cast members. And, and, um, and then we build it during the winter and, and, and hopefully it works. Does some things not work? Do some things not work? Absolutely. Do some things, do we nick, n- knock it out of the park? Absolutely. Um, what's and, the f- uh, so yeah, we're, we're constantly doing something. What's the, what's the favorite part of your job? Is it, if you, if you could pick one part of your job, you would want to do it. It'd be taking a, taking a boat across to the Island or, or doing the, the business stuff. Yeah, that's a great question. I think taking a boat across the water is probably my favorite thing to be able to jump from your office and jump on a boat and, and, and haul, you know, 250 smiling passengers to Mackinac Island because they can't wait to get there. And you're providing a, a, a conduit or an avenue for those folks to enjoy their family vacation. And I think Mackinac Island over the last three years has grown in popularity because of COVID, you know, do you want to go to Washington, D.C., go inside and view a museum in D.C. Um, during COVID with everyone scrunched in there? Or do you want to come to Mackinac Island, ride a bike around the island and go hike in the, in the inside of the island and, and be outside for all these outdoor activities? I think that's one of the reasons why Mackinac Island's popularity has really sprouted here in the last three years is because of that. What is your favorite time of year on the island, just from a personal perspective? Yeah, I, I, I kind of like the fall. Uh, September is one of my favorite months. And I, I tell my friends, if they're going to Mackinac Island, go the last 10 days of August or the first 10 days of September. <clears throat> you still have the weather. Everything is open, but yet the crowds have kind of dissipated. You know, the end of August, you got band camps starting, football, uh, you know, all of those athletic teams are getting going so kids are focused back into school parents are focused back into school so we kind of come off this really big prep precipice in in mid-august to kind of a little slower time labor day obviously is cranking and then right after labor day five or six days after that it remains slow until the second weekend of september and then it cranks back up with you know, with uh, people that are interested in getting away for a fall weekend or up here to look at leaves. And there's no place more beautiful on a 70 degree September day than Mackinac Island. Um, It just doesn't get any better than that. 
Well, Chris, I think that's a, a good note to, to sign off on. I appreciate you taking the time this, this morning to talk to us about, about Shepler's and uh, is, is a thrill to talk to you. Yeah, well, I certainly enjoyed this every minute of it. And thank you all for making it really easy. And y'all have a great day. And I look forward to listening to the podcast. Well, we'll look for you the next time we're up on the dock, too. Please do. Okay, take care. Thank you. All right. See you guys, girls. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's Chris Shepler. And uh, we'll be right back. So I, I did, I, I, I have a golden idea that, for, for who, for Chris Shepler and for all these, all the other fairies, we should have them on the podcast and you could, you could <laughs> I offer it. You could, <laughs> I, just, it I didn't get to it. I, there was the, the conversation didn't fit. How about this? The great fairy boat race of, you know, whatever year. So you like, you really want to have competition. You really want to see which fairy is the best line them up. Are there three of them? Arnold and Starline and Shepler, like line them up. And you know, wave a, a checkered flag, and boom! Let's see, like, let's settle this thing. Let's get to don't the bottom they, of don't, it. They 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 boast about the fastest ones, don't I know. they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, the it's easy to boast when you're racing against yourself. Like, let's line them up in the water and let's go. Were you listening for the a portion of the podcast when we talked about the, the focus on safety <laughs> that the captains have? We don't have to do it with a full stock of passengers. That would be even more fun. That would be. <laughs> Depends on who you are. That sounds like my worst nightmare. People will probably pay extra for that. Is the shep? Yeah. It's I don't think it's Shepler. It's Starline that has the big jet of water that shoots out the back of it, isn't it? Mm, when yeah. it goes, I've always I, I, I should so, ask yeah. them about that. Like why why that happens? Why why is that? How how is they're getting ready for the memorable. race? <laughs> it is. It is memorable. It is. Does anyone have a Shepler story? I don't think I do. No, other than I do know who they are. Well, now <laughs> before this podcast, I also knew. Just want to clear sure. that air. And I mean, I've been I've been on the boats with a lot of those politician people, but yeah. those aren't good stories. I always find those those boat those trips are on those conferences are so are, are it's awkward because you it's I don't know, it's Anna you've been on those boats for those conferences. I love it. Do you? Mm-hmm. I always sit on top. Yeah. Yeah. What do you fun. love? The fresh air on my okay. face. Like, so it doesn't matter that you're with my hair. The company doesn't matter. You like the boat ride. Yeah. Okay. It's a fun it's fun. Enough. It's exciting. So when are we going to get Carly on Mackinac Island? I mean, I think we should take a team trip. Team trip. It's a long trip. trip. Everywhere. <laughs> Guess we'll see how our volunteer day goes. Maybe our, our good yeah, buddies. Yeah, you want to do an overnight. That's a good idea. That's right. Well, you, couldn't have, you could have found a volunteer opportunity on Mackinac Island. Then we could have gone Yeah, let's that. all go and clean up horse poop. <laughs> no, anything but that. I'm good. They pay people for that. Yeah. yeah. Well, our good friend, Sarah Ombre whose voice is still in the lead into this podcast um, yeah. works up on the island. She, she can she hook us up. Us she can in. hook us up. She's, That's a great Sarah, idea. You're listening. We I'm could sure do an episode up there. We could do a podcast We there. could. We could joke. Joe, do you want to bring your, your, your all this big crap bucket of stuff? That's his yeah. least favorite thing to do. I'm pretty sure. And Chris could have his staff carry it onto the boat for you. Yeah. You can make a special call. Well, that was fun. And it gave me an excuse to wear my hat, my captain's hat, which I think is the first time, the first time ever. I've worn it. It's been sitting in my office. Yeah, it's kind of loose. Like it's kind of loose. If I wore this on a boat, it would blow off. I it's wouldn't true. even really get on the boat. It would fall off. It almost mm-hmm. fell off when I was sitting here in the chair. But it's a beautiful hat. Are you sure it's not adjustable? It probably is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care that much to try to figure it out. 
That's nice. <laughs> this was a lovely Christmas present from all of you. A couple of two years ago, three yes. years ago, two years ago, yeah, something like that. Two, three years ago was the rush. The drink. The, the drink. Oh, that right. Was good. The, that this came after the drink. Yeah. Well, there, oh my still, gosh, I've been here for three Christmases. Mm-hmm. That feels like wait. I'm still waiting on my refund because I think COVID took like the last six, three months of the rush away, didn't it? it? Did. It was supposed to be the first half of the yeah, of 2020. They'll have to stop. Let's go on, V. Let's bring it back. Let's go. We'll have to get, get out there. Anyway, it's pretty tasty. Chris Shepler has been our guest on the podcast. He is the president of Shepler's Ferry, uh, taking people back and forth. The Mackinac's going to get hot and heavy up there pretty soon with the weather. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought you meant the Mackinac conference. Oh, I'm like, Ew. Yeah. No. yeah. I'm pretty sure Chris Shepler would probably not want you to say it's going to get hot and heavy up there. <laughs> you add it to the billboards. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, for Carly, Nick, Anna, Nikki, Laura, and Joe, this is Matt and the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Bye.